back to Who's There. I'm your host, Allison. If you're new here, thank you for joining us. This is a podcast where I talk to a new horror fan every week because I hope to destigmatize what it means to be a horror movie fan because most of us are just regular people who like the adrenaline rush of being scared for some reason, and here we delve into those reasons. Thanks for sticking with me during my unplanned two-week break. My job and my mental health took priority, and I just needed the break, but I'm back now, so thanks. It's been an especially shitty week in the U.S. this week. It is June 26, 2022. But I have a conversation with Kevin Von Esper, and it's super fun this week, especially if you love cheesy 80s horror movies, and specifically the actor named Dookie Splicewater, who's known for movies like Blood Diner, Surf Nazis Must Die, and Hollywood Chain Saw Hookers. Kevin is in the process of making a documentary about Dookie, so we chatted all about that, as well as what the process has been like, and who Dookie is. We also chatted about how he got into horror and his opinions on the remakes and reboots of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Halloween franchises. One last thing before we get into this episode, if you love the show and haven't left us a review on iTunes and Spotify yet, I'd be so grateful if you could take a second to rate and review it on Apple Podcasts and subscribe to our feed wherever you listen to us. Thank you to everyone who's already left us a review. It's so appreciated as it really helps people to find us. I think I've rambled enough, so let's get into this episode with Kevin Von Esper. Hey, Kevin, how are you? Hey, how's it going? Wait, I forgot my props. Ah. <laughs> what? What is that? What is that an eye from? That is uh, Dookie Flyswatter's eyeball from the cover of a, a CD from the, a band called The Ads, A-D-Z, which is, mm-hmm. if you know anything about punk rock, it was Tony from the Adolescence Band later on. Yeah, and this is a photo of Dookie Flyswatter's eye as photographed by legendary punk photographer Edward Culver and attached to it, because I know people are probably listening and not watching this, is a rat trap that um, was actually stage used. And if you know anything about Dookie Flyswatter, he's known for putting rat traps on his face. Mm, all right. Because well, that is his real eye. Oh, no that, yeah, that that is crazy. You will have to tell me more about Dookie Flyswatter yes. later. But um, thanks for being here. Do you want to start by telling everyone a little bit about yourself? Sure. Thank you for having me. My name is Kevin Von Esper. I am a 38-year-old musician, video editor, photographer, all those things. I'm from the, in the New York City area. And, you know, I used to, my business used to be filming lots of concerts and parties and doing photo shoots and all this fun stuff. But because of the pandemic and people stopped gathering for a while, I redirected my efforts and started a documentary about Dookie Flyswatter and his band, The Haunted Garage. And so I guess that's what I do now. I'm a documentary filmmaker now. Amazing. Amazing. So we will get into that a little bit later. But first things first, what's your favorite scary movie? Yeah, I know you asked this one. Well, because of the way you phrase it, I'm going to have to say scream. But I would say parallel to that, besides that one being very instrumental in my upbringing, I would also have to say Blair Witch Project because I was the perfect age for that. I was like, I don't know, 12 or 13 when that came out. And I saw it when it was only in two theaters in the whole United States before it was nationally released. So they had like the display cases in the theater with like the stick men and the film canisters. Like it was as, as real as it seems already, that just made it even more real. 
<laughs> so it was really cool. And because of its DIY nature, like that definitely influences me as a DIY artist because they did that with practically nothing. And that's yeah. kind of what I do with all the things I do. I, I make stuff from nothing. And that was in New York City. Oh, cool. Oh, I... I forget what theater it is, but I'm sure I could look it up. Is that like the Angelical? I, it might very well be. I, yeah. That's what's on the tip of my tongue. But I was like too young to really soak in that kind of thing back then. Yeah. So <laughs> probably. Yeah. Very cool. How did you first fall in love with the horror genre? Well, that's hard to say because I had an older brother. So I kind of always just grew up around him loving Freddy Krueger and, you know, Jason and stuff like that. And of course, he worked at a movie theater when Scream came out. When did Scream came out? I know you're, you're, uh, 1996. you're a big fan, right? 96? Yeah. So I was 12 when that came out and I got to see it in the theater because he worked at the movie theater. So he snuck, <laughs> you know, I got to sneak into yeah. any movie I wanted. And um, that's probably the first horror movie I remember really watching, like big release, big screen. So I'm going to have to go with that one. Awesome. And then what else got me into horror is probably just which we'll get into later the topic of my documentary is involved in a lot of b-horror movies from the 80s and early 90s and so that got me into a whole different subgenre of horror that you know it's a whole different world that i also live in <laughs> <laughs> very cool so why do you think that people who seem perfectly sane love the horror genre uh are we all sane yeah we're okay i guess i guess you have to be well adjusted to enjoy such trauma i don't know <laughs> that sounds pretty brilliant though right yeah it does it does sound good i don't think anyone has ever said that before yes i'm going with that one yes <laughs> what is your favorite subgenre in horror well, i'm gonna have to say those b horror movies from the from the <laughs> 80s just because they're just so i don't know a product of their time i guess you would say you can even though people still try to replicate it all the time it's kind of in vogue now to be retro there you can never make a movie like that ever again and and especially on film they still shot on film you know yeah what are your top three favorite b80s horror movies oh boy well let's see i got my props you want to see my props yes <laughs> i'm gonna go with these three blood diner have you ever seen blood diner i have not but the horror virgin covered it once and it was yeah sounded fucking crazy yeah dookie <laughs> fleischwater wrote this one and it is it's just bizarre i mean these movies if you can even call them horror that you would find them in the horror section but really they're comedies you know <laughs> so they're comedies with lots of blood and some nudity you know that kind of yeah. thing and the other one another one i would say nightmare sisters you know this one nope this is, it looked, yeah, as you can tell, it's not that horrific, right? But it's about these three dorky, like, college women kind of have a seance and get possessed and become succubuses. <laughs> and, oh, okay. and hijinks ensues. Trust me. And then, oh, God, what else should I pick? How about this one? Hollywood Chainsaw Hookers. <laughs> I think I've heard I've heard of that one before, but I've never seen it. And I love yeah. that you have it on VHS. Oh, yeah. And, and I got to clarify always that I know it's really cool now to collect VHS tapes because there's I just find like 
tons of tons of Instagram accounts that are just people yeah. posting their VHS tape collections. Now, when I bought these on VHS, that's because it was the only way you could actually find these movies back in the <laughs> 90s, you know? So it's not that I collected VHS, but I have amassed a collection because of the circumstances in which I was pursuing these movies. These all kind of live in the same universe of, of, of B-movie directors from the 80s and are really these movies like Hollywood Chainsaw Hookers, they're always on the top of the retro VHS era, like horror, I don't know, lists, if you would say, just like you're always seeing people talk about them and post about them. And who knew in 1987 that like people in 2022 would just be going bonkers over Hollywood Chainsaw Hookers? That's what I love most about them is like their longevity. This one actually is pretty good. Some of these movies are really not that good, but are fun to watch. This one lives up. This is another one that's definitely more of a comedy and it's actually kind of a parody of noir. So I, I recommend watching it in black and white for best effects, but it's significant for star or not starring, featuring Gunnar Hansen, who you would know as the original Leatherface. Yeah. So of course that is another play on the joke, Hollywood Chainsaw Hookers instead of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And you can really tell from watching this movie, although I don't want to speak ill of the dead, RIP, you know, Gunnar Hansen. I heard he was a wonderful guy. And my co-producer is actually working on a documentary about him called Dinner with Leatherface. But you can really find out from watching this movie why it's better he never talked in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> Oh, all right. Well, I will have to check those out. I do want to yes. check out Blood Diner because when yeah, I listened to the horror virgin talk about it, it was just bonkers. I so. highly recommend it. That's <laughs> written by Dookie Flyswatter and directed uh, by Jackie Kong. Awesome. And the fun fact about that one, like the, the two leads are these like really kind of good looking young guys. Mm -hmm. But in the original script, they were supposed to be kind of like these horrifying older guys and they were supposed to be cast by what's his name the animal steel the wrestler george the animal steel he's like a wrestler from the 80s i guess and uh, michael berryman from the hills have eyes hmm. i've never seen the hills have eyes i've heard it's really intense so. but don't you love Wes craven i mean i That's do a Wes craven but one. i know i know but i hear intense. it's a little intense yeah I it hear is it's, a little, it's not as intense as last house on the left but yeah you know <laughs> it, it is it's more intense than Nightmare on Elm Street. <laughs> yeah, someday. Someday I'll get there. What um, are your three favorite horror movies? The Ring, Scream, and Cloverfield. Oh, we can live in that universe together too. I love Cloverfield. <laughs> I should have said Cloverfield. I'm changing my answer. <laughs> Cloverfield's definitely one of my favorite movies. And I'm pissed that I missed that in theaters because it looked oh. so dumb to me at the time. And then when I discovered it finally, I was like, this is fucking amazing. <laughs> and then I've, you know, I've fallen deep, deep into the Cloververse holes and like yeah. all the ARG games. And like, I follow all that stuff <laughs> very closely. And that I recommend that for anyone who's a fan or not a fan yet of that universe, watch it with the whole world in mind because it's much more than just a movie or a series of movies. Yeah, definitely. I saw, I saw the original Cloverfield in the amc that is up the block from the time warner center okay so like, oh, oh man yeah, yeah. <laughs> i think i watched a bad bootleg copy downloaded from napster or something like it was not a good introduction but i've definitely don't worry i've bought the movie like so many times at this point 
you, you got your money, studio. Make another one. I know you've been prom promising us a, a legit sequel. Oh, God, that would be Matt so Reeves, good. Matt Reeves, though, he's been a little busy doing the Batman thing, so whatever. Ugh. Um, I did you not didn't like the, the Batman. I did not like the Batman. I did not need to be there for three hours. Yeah, <laughs> that was my biggest gripe about the Batman was the length. And I also was really trying to catch up on my movies that day. So I saw it after watching Spider-Man. <laughs> so I went to two movies. I was like, I'm already here. I might as well see the Batman, too. And I knew it was going to be three hours, but boy, did it feel like it, too. Oh, yeah. It was... I didn't think it was a bad movie, and I really need to watch it again. I owe it that much. I owe Matt Reeves, the director of Cloverfield, that. <laughs> but, yeah, no superhero movie needs to be more than 90 minutes. That's ridiculous. Right, right? they're all Where the same. Where is the art? So you know what I love about these B-horror movies from the 80s? They were so low budget that they were mostly like around 75, 80 minutes. <laughs> like they're quick watches yep. and they used every second of film that they filmed on those things because <laughs> that's all they had available. I'm sure. Yeah. One takes. <laughs> uh, so who are your favorite horror directors? Hmm. Oh, well, again, I don't know if you count any of these guys as horror directors, but Fred Olin, Ray and David Dakota, you got to give them credit for making these crazy movies that we're talking about. I guess Wes Craven, even though I'm not, I'm not as well versed in his entire catalog of movies as I should be, but the ones that I love so much are so significant to me that I think he deserves that credit. Uh, again, another person I should probably dig a little deeper on, but I want to give credit to is the director of this movie that has Dookie Flyswatter in it, Clive Barker, mm. of course, who does wrote the Hellraiser movie original novel and directed the original movie and this is a movie called lord of illusions not i, I like hellraiser a lot better this is fun but it's not quite hellraiser um but fun fact clive barker does own a nude painting of dookie flyswatter so i just throwing that out there in the audience <laughs> um, how did you find that out well i'm supposed to interview the the person who painted it i don't know it's just kind of like a well-known fact around the people who know him Oh, okay. You know, That's and I've seen the painting too, not in person, but I've seen a picture of it. Interesting. Yeah, that'll, that'll be a whole separate section of the documentary. That, <laughs> that, might, that section might go to the Hump Film Festival. <laughs> you know awesome. what that is. That's I don't. Dan, what is that? Dan Savage's porn film oh. festival. <laughs> oh, I did not know yeah. that that existed. But yeah. It, so like you said, you're making a documentary about the B the B horror star Dookie Flyswatter and his splatter band Haunted Garage. And yes. you currently have a campaign on Indiegogo to raise funds for it. Yes. So tell me all about that. And tell me who Dookie Flyswatter is, because I have no idea. Oh boy. Well then you're my target audience because <laughs> this story is for the people who don't know who he is. Because if you do know who he is, you're probably already in this thing. <laughs> You know, I'm calling this the Tiger King of Shudder because everyone always asks me, why do you, why are you going to make a documentary about someone no one's ever heard of? And it's exactly because you, you should have heard of this guy already. You may not know who he is, but I bet you anything that you've seen him or one of his band members in a movie before. Um, even if, you know, because when they weren't doing their own thing, just to make money in that time period, they would just be extras in movies. And some of them, ended up in some very prominent A-list movies, you know, the 
Bodyguard, Terminator 2, Kindergarten Cop, The Mask. Like, you'll see members of this band and their entourage just, like, hanging out. If you see punkers in the 80s and 90s in a movie, they might be one of the Haunted Garage guys. So Dookie Flyswatter is this Hollywood weirdo, former writer of B-movies, actor in B-movies. And I think his movie career, it's safe to say, is very tightly intertwined with his film career because I've uncovered songs that, that never got released that they actually wrote for these movies. The whole concept of the band when they started in 1985 was that they were covering bad songs from bad movies and mostly from like the 50s and 60s. And they weren't even like very punk rock or heavy metal yet. They were just kind of like this bluesy garage band and they would play the theme song from the green slime or mothra or the blob which was actually written by bert bacharach you know or like uh the theme song from satan's sadist like the bugger movie um which glenn danzig would later cover in more recent years so who was on the forefront of that haunted garage yeah and he was in all, all these wonderful movies that i mentioned before and eventually in 1991 they put out their one album of that era called possession park which has <laughs> what i think is the best album cover of all time it's very cool <laughs> these two zombie girls on a roller coaster made of bones going into the mouth of satan while flames with faces on them are engulfing the area and people are hanging from balloons so i mean how can you go wrong with that and here's a picture of the band all being dead if oh. you can imagine that you know, yep. there's got Dookie Flyswatter, the ringleader. You got this crazy biker looking dude, like a surfer <laughs> dude. We got uh, this guitar player is a drag queen, you know, <laughs> like they all had these larger than life personalities. And the best part about them that puts them apart from other bands of their theatrical like is that this was just like really who they were, of course, like projected onto a stage a little bit bigger, but that's what made it scary it was like these are just like real dudes in front of you and and they put on a horror show not really like a storyline like a band like Warwoods would do but more like a sideshow freak show kind of thing and they had all these friends special effects and makeup artists that were they were friends with from their b movies now they're a-list guys but back then they were just these hungry young special effects guys and they would rig up like gags for their show and and create blood cannons for them and <laughs> you know recycle props from b-movies like return of the living dead or the brain and chud 2 or or you can see on the back of this these these mannequin legs and and pieces mm -hmm. were allegedly taken from a dumpster after an alice cooper tour wrapped up so any kind of weird stuff they could find you know they would use it in the show and sometimes you don't know what's going to be real. You don't know what's going to be fake. You might see, you might get hit with the blood cannons or like have a two, two headed transplant guy jumping into the audience, or you might see mouse traps all over Dookie's body, or you might see him <laughs> pierce himself or, or something like that, or set him his arms on fire, do a fire stunt. Like you never knew what you were going to get. And that's what made it exciting and scary. <laughs> But did you... just to be clear, everything they did was very professional and safe, even though it looks crazy on stage. It was just like being on the set of a movie with professionals, you know. Very cool. Did you ever get to see them perform? I don't know how for how long they right. toured for. 
Yeah, so they, the original incarnation broke up in 1992 when I was eight and living <laughs> on the East Coast where, while they were all Hollywood guys. So no, I didn't get to see that. I was a little too young. I got into them like right after they broke up. But in 2008, they did a reunion show. It was two of the original guys and, and some extra, you know, not, not the whole original lineup. But I actually had just been not fired. I was let go from my job because they were a startup company, not because of anything I did, but just because they were downsizing. Eventually, they got down to one person. So, <laughs> you know, it was going to happen eventually. And I bought my ticket that day to go see the reunion show of Haunted Garage. And that's when I first got to see them. And not only did I see them, I hung out with, with Dookie. Like I went to see them get their makeup done at his house. And we went to Denny's with a bunch of people afterwards. And they chainsawed me open on stage. Wow. Yeah, so I what? got the full experience. And I was like, I don't know, 24 or 23 or something like that. And then I only got to see them one other time. And that was this past summer when I was in LA filming for this project. I convinced them to do one last performance while I was there. <laughs> so I saw their last show and I got to film it for my documentary. That's amazing. Stepping back a little bit, how did you first come across them? Right. So have you ever heard of this band, Green Jello? No, I have not. Have you ever heard the song Three Little Pigs from the 90s? No. Oh, it's like one of the best music videos of all time. It's a claymation video. It was like the most played video on MTV, like in 1993. Definitely check it out. I discovered them in like 1992 or three, which was just at the ed end of the grunge era. You know, this was like when Kurt Cobain had just died. And so that was kind of like my first love that ba bands like Nirvana and Smashing Pumpkins and and then I discovered Green Jello, who were strangely very popular at the time. Members of this band at the time are now in bands like Tool, knocking Taylor Swift off the number one spot on the Billboard charts. Thank you very much. Little did I know, though, that there was this video. This is a, They were the world's first video only band before they were so popular that they just had to put out a soundtrack because they always said that they were the worst band of all time and uh, nobody would actually want to listen to it without seeing the stupid visuals. They, you know, they dress up in stupid yeah. costumes and stuff like that. <laughs> anyway, there's a video for a song called The Misadventures of Shitman, <laughs> where that was the first time I ever saw Dookie Flyswatter, although I didn't know it at the time. He was just a guy in a video. But being that the internet was pretty new at the time and... They were like, oh, if you like this stupid band that puts stupid shit on their heads, you're probably going to like Guar. And I sure did. <laughs> and you're probably a little bit more familiar with them, right? I mean, nope. <laughs> at all? Do you know? Not at all. Have you no. ever seen Guar? Nope. <laughs> oh, my God. Let me blow your mind all <laughs> kinds of ways today. Guar, how do I say this quickly? They've been around for almost 40 years now consistently they never broke up they've had some deaths in the band but they still continue they are this the, the world's first openly extraterrestrial band <laughs> so they're they're these space aliens from uh, that were created by the master of all reality as a part of a legion of of gods of war 
but they were like couldn't get anything right so they banished them to the worst place in the galaxy which was earth <laughs> and there they they did a bunch of crazy stuff and created the human race and and then were frozen in antarctica until the mid 80s when all the spray hairspray from the hair bands opened the the ozone layer and they got unfrozen <laughs> and instead of taking over the world like they had originally planned they got too distracted by drugs and rock and roll and became a rock and roll band guar <laughs> who are back on tour this summer i can't wait to see it. they're really like the for i don't know they are the, the theatrical rock band that really made it of that kind of that kind of you know if you're not kiss you're guar you know what i mean oh that's such an uh, interesting backstory yeah i don't like i can't like i could do a whole another show just about guar i have a, a my guar came over here just fill there's toys there's action figures they've made movies they've been nominated for grammys oh, like wow. everything yeah like they're kind of a big deal their lead singer was a interplanetary correspondent on fox news for a while if you can believe that <laughs> like they were on the jerry springer show this has become wow. the guar the guar show but yeah that that's a wormhole that's definitely worth getting into but anyways, getting back to my point, the next band, the internet told me, well, if you like these two stupid bands that put stupid shit on their heads, you're going to love Haunted Garage. And boy, did I. <laughs> so I discovered them when I was maybe like 10 years old. And by the next year, I had started the internet's first Haunted Garage fan page. Oh, fun. Because there was not, you know, those other bands were still active. So it was easy to, to kind of find information about them haunted garage was always a little bit more mysterious so i've always been on a quest of, for information about them even since i was 11 years old and now it's it's just the perfect marriage of my professional life and my you know passions in life oh, that's i think cool. that answered your question in a very roundabout way yeah no that definitely answered my question <laughs> and all all those bands i'm talking about were like friends and like they were kind of doing similar things, but they started in different places. You know, yeah. Green Jellos settled in Hollywood, but was originally from Buffalo, New York. Haunted Garage is from Hollywood and, and Guar's from Richmond, Virginia. And, you know what? I'll send you the sing The current lead singer of Guar is actually a professor of music and he did a TED talk about them. So I'll send oh, cool. you that. That's like a good place to start. Academia. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. So how can people find out more about your documentary and donate to right. the fundraiser? Right. The important stuff. <laughs> I have launched a trailer and a campaign emphasis on the pain on Indie Gorgor is what I'm calling it. Um, it's yeah, I am a broke DIY artist and this is a grassroots passion project. So I need all the help I can get. I've, already gone to LA and filmed over 40 interviews. So I have a good head start, but I can only go so far on my, my own budget. So you can find everything collectively at dookiedoc.com. That's D-U-K-E-Y-D-O-C.com. And I got to spell it out so people don't search it like the Green Day album, which <laughs> is a different spelling of Dookie. So don't do yes. that. <laughs> it won't get you anywhere. <laughs> and you can find everything there. I'm at Dookie Doc on Instagram. I'm easy to find and Twitter, although I hate Twitter. So I don't really hang out there. 
I'm really on Instagram and Facebook. We have a group called the Life and Slimes of Dookie Flyswatter and Haunted Garage, which the cool thing about that um, is that it's not just me. It's like old members of the band and other and fans throughout the ages are all posting pictures and, and old flyers all the time. And it's the only reason to stay on Facebook. <laughs> That's very cool. I will leave links to all of those thank you show notes yeah did you get to check out the trailer did did i did um, i did i watched it what did you think about it as someone who's totally on the outside it looks interesting so it's very interesting especially since i have no idea about doogie flies water at all so yeah yeah and and most people don't so don't feel bad about it but i bet you you've seen them before you just didn't know it probably yeah you're probably right (laughs) So an article came out in 2020 that said that horror movie fans were handling lockdown better than non-horror fans. Why do you think that was the case? You know, I heard you ask people this and I thought about it. And I think it's because we have the best movie collection to fall back into. You know, (laughs) I'm like all the horror fans seem to be the collectors. So we're just like, finally, we get time to sit back and watch our backlog. Right. Yeah. I think that's why. Yeah. We were prepared by buying too much stuff. <laughs> yes, I definitely brought, I bought a lot of DVDs during the pandemic because I had actually I'm buying stopped a lot buying them. Now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now that I'm like back in the sort of community and just like watching everybody else collect, I'm like, I got to buy more stuff too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, consumerism. Or like update my collection to Blue, Blu-rays or whatever, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I'll be updating to Blu-rays. I have some Blu-rays, but I like my DVDs. So, yeah, I mean, it's just amazing to me that a good number of Dookie's movies are actually on Blu-ray. Like, <laughs> even though how even though these movies are like so zany and crazy, they've lasted through the fandom long, you know, strong enough to to warrant actually releasing, you know, 2K scans like beautiful Blu-rays of these stupid movies. Yeah. And I think that's just amazing, like how much care these boutique labels put into movies that you'd never think anyone would ever care about, you know? That's very cool. I love that. Yeah. You got to support. Totally. How do you decide what to watch when you're looking for a horror movie to watch? I guess it depends on my mood. Sometimes I want to check out something new and sometimes I want something from a certain era. I guess I would go from there and and then probably waste a half an hour and then decide something else altogether. But that's where I would go. And then, or like now shows like Joe Bob are, are starting back up. So I'll probably just watch whatever he throws up there as well. Very cool. I've never watched anything with Joe Bob before. Oh, so. it's fun. Well, he, yeah, he's watched a bunch of these movies. Some of these nice. movies, <laughs> the sorority babes and the slime ball Bolarama is definitely one of his favorites. That sounds like a movie that's perfectly up my alley. So I'll check yes. that out. <laughs> Dookie Flyswatter is the voice of the imp. Oh. And it has the, the big three scream queens of the 80s in it. Oh, cool. <laughs> what are your comfort <laughs> horror movies? Oh, these for sure. The, okay. All these stupid movies. Just because that was the first movies that I actually collected. So I'm just used to like probably falling asleep to them on VHS back in the 90s. Oh. Yeah, so B horror movies from the 80s for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Are there any horror movies that you won't watch or that you won't watch ever again? Uh probably, but not I don't know for any specific reason other than just lack of interest. I guess <laughs> I know I've heard you talk about like 
some of these torture porn movies and stuff like that, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not necessarily into that either, but I don't think that's the reason I wouldn't watch them. It's probably just because there's so much new stuff to discover, whether it's actually new or old stuff that I've never seen before, that why would you waste your time going back to something you, you were kind of lukewarm on? You know, unless unless you're with someone who's passionate about it that you can share that energy with, yeah, just watch something new instead. Totally. <laughs> Have you started going back to the movie theater yet to see movies? Yeah, I definitely, I think the first movie I saw back was, what's that one where everyone has to be quiet the whole time? A Quiet, a quiet Place? place? Yeah, the yeah. number two. It was fun. Like, I just thought that would be an exciting thing to see in the movie theater. Um, and then I usually see the Marvel movies and I saw the Batman and I saw Scream. Nice. What did you think of Scream 5? I didn't really like it very much. I know we should have this discussion because I know I've been listening to your podcast about the Scream movies and everyone on your podcast seems to really like this one. Maybe I need to watch it again and I will, but I don't know. It just didn't do it for me. Why, why did you why not? love it? Why I didn't you like it? <laughs> it was like a little too serious. Like there was mm-hmm. too many serious, slow conversations. And like the whole, the whole vibe of Scream is really that it's fun. I think, you know, like it's, it makes you think and it's still scary, but it's fun. It's like a high school movie, you know, and there's, there was zero scenes in a high school in this one, you know, and for a movie that's trying to like replicate I guess the first one, but you know, spoiler alert, I guess, you know, if you haven't seen it, what the fuck are you doing? You know, how they end up back at the house at the end and all those parallels. It's like no scenes at school. What's with all the hospitals, man? Like, that's just not fun. They had that one scene where they were outside the high school. Yeah. That was supposed to be like a parallel to the the first scene outside the high school in the first movie, I think. Right. I guess just too many scenes with adults <laughs> I don't know <laughs> like too many serious conversations as if these people don't talk to each other on Facebook or on you know maybe they maybe they're off the grid but like yeah. come on really all these slow serious conversations and then not just that but like I feel like it's become the movie that it was parodying in the first place and maybe that's the point that I'm missing but like Elm Street this character named Wes it's like yeah, we get it. Wes Craven was the director, but like now you're kind of, I don't know. It's just a different, it was a different vibe than I, than I expected, I guess. And not in a way, not that I wouldn't welcome that if it was done well. Like I have definitely some ideas of what could have been of a requel, a real requel or, you know, I just can't believe they continued the storyline so directly from number four. I thought they were just going to skip that one completely you know like you don't have to watch that one not saying it's not canon but like I don't think anyone really agrees that like you need to see Scream 4 at all (laughs) Scream Scream 4 is not one of my Scream 1, 2, 3 like those tell a very tight story I think and then beyond that like why are you adding to it you know either create a new story or make it even more meta where the characters are playing themselves filming a Scream movie or, or a stab, not a, you know, or something like that. Like that's, 
you know, we need to take it even further back. And I don't feel like they did that. They just like made every every character is like related to another character. It's like, how realistic is that? I don't know. I just didn't buy it. I need to watch it again. But why did you love it? I loved it for the reasons that you hated it. I loved it because it just was serious and it was dark. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's that's why I like it. I think felt like the first movie again. Yeah, I, I think darkness needs to be paralleled with levity and it was there wasn't enough balance for me. Mm. All right. But well, you know good. what? The next one's gonna come out and I'm gonna be there opening night like a fanboy anyways. <laughs> so whatever, you still got my money. Yeah, just take my you money, know, it's fine. Yeah. And but like do we need like Nev Campbell does not need to be the main character anymore. Like just put her <laughs> in the background somewhere, like well, she wasn't really the main character this time. Sort of. She came in the, at the end. The whole thing with the three of them, it's, it's like, I don't know. I guess that was appeasing a, a certain fan base. But then if you're appeasing everybody, where's Matthew Lillard? You know what I mean? If you ask me, he's dead. So. I know, I know. <laughs> I agree. Like, if he was still alive, someone would have mentioned it at some point. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, they brought the other guy back in some way. You know, yeah. so why not him? To, you know, if you're going to do the full fan service, do the full fan service. Maybe <laughs> I would appreciate that. Maybe. Maybe we'll know. see what they do for the next one. I guess. Yeah. yeah. And then I don't know why. Was, was there like a. Calling it Scream again. What are they going to call the next one? Scream 2? Yeah, I don't know. I like, think they were just they trying to do what. Up. I think they were just trying to do what Halloween 2018 did because they just called it Halloween. Yeah, I get that. Though. So. I don't know, but it was five cream. Yeah, they kind of messed that one up. <laughs> yeah, it's Scream 5 to me. I'm not calling it Scream. Yeah, I, no. I would have called it Scream if it was a new story, even if it was set in the same universe in a way. But it's like, it's Scream 5. It's a direct yeah. parallel to the other movies. It's not like a different, you know, there's it was directly a sequel and not like anything else. That's all yep. I'm saying. They, I was expecting something a little bit farther removed, I guess. Okay, that's fair. Well, we'll see I what really they do for Scream like 6. It. Yeah, I will probably buy it. I'll listen to the commentary. I'll try to figure it out. You know, <laughs> I got to go watch some some Easter egg videos. I'm sure they're out there. Yeah. <laughs> so going back to movie theaters, have you ever had any noteworthy experiences seeing a horror movie in theaters? Well, definitely the Blair Witch Project, as I was describing before, because it, it was a New York theater. I was young. We were sitting right up front. It was 100% sold out and you could hear a fucking pin drop <laughs> and no one slept that night for sure. And then I have another one that's sort of the exact opposite is that I saw Event Horizon. Have you seen Event Horizon? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I saw that when it came out and I was probably too young to be going to see it in the middle of of the day where I was the only person in the theater. (laughs) And that was really freaky too. Yeah. (laughs) Because like the, the sound design, I think that's one thing you really miss probably at home is the sound design of that movie is, is probably the scariest thing about it. And like just noises happening all over the place and, it's it was freaky yeah have you been to a movie at a regal yet that have like the 4dx where like the seats move and 
Oh, they I've do. heard about that, but I haven't done that. No. Yeah, it's a. Uh, it's kind of crazy. I saw that seems a little saw, too much. What if I'm trying to eat some popcorn and I'm just like, ah, you know? You do uh, need seatbelts for these. That's what these seats are missing. I saw Scream <laughs> Five for a second time yeah. at in one of these theaters, and it was just too much. I was like, I yeah, do not that need. seems a little much. I mean, I'm, I'm all for a good gimmick, but like, I don't know, rattling me around my seat the whole time. Like, what? Give me an example of like what scene in that movie they effectively use the seat for. And how- uh, when when Judy was like racing home to save her son, it was just like jerking like she was driving. Yeah, so, I don't want to feel seasick yeah. at a movie. I don't know. Yeah, I already drove there to begin with. <laughs> uh, or in your case, in the city, I'd probably take the subway, which is yeah. worse. <laughs> I don't I don't miss the subway. I moved to the suburbs since the pandemic, but. I, I'm close enough to drive in when I need to, and I have not missed the subways one bit. Oh, I love that. That's I love the, the real subway. horror movie. No, no, really? I, I don't like driving. I'm a bad driver. That's fair. No. That's fair. It was nice for like, I was there for like 15 years. I lived in Astoria, Queens, mm-hmm. and I was like, hell yeah, no car. I can get <laughs> wasted or whatever and not worry about it. And now I'm kind of the opposite again. I'm like, I can go anywhere I want and not just limited to the the subways and I don't have to wait. You know, I did a lot of jobs where I wouldn't be getting back to the subway till like four in the morning and (laughs) and then waiting for a half hour for the G train or whatever. I don't Uh, miss that. (laughs) (laughs) What has been your favorite horror movie that you've seen so far in 2022? Like a new movie? Yeah. I think the only one I have seen that's new is the Texas Chainsaw Massacre which I don't, if I'd seen any others, I might not put that, well, that in Scream. So I was less disappointed with the Texas Chainsaw Massacre <laughs> because I had no expectations for that. I didn't even know it was coming out until it was out already. Oh. So I was like, well, all right, I have Netflix or whatever it's on. I'll yeah. check it out. <laughs> and I wouldn't say it's a good movie, but it was pretty fun. Yeah, I agree. Like They kind of got straight to the point yeah. and like didn't let, things like storylines or you know character development exactly get in the way of, of just crazy kills yeah which is weird because i know that's supposed to be like a direct sequel to the first movie um and there's like almost no blood in the first movie if you actually think yep. about it it's all in your head like it's it's horrific for that reason yeah and so this one's like the complete opposite but i'm like oh okay well i guess that's what this is at least they had fun with it. Yeah. That bus scene. Oh my god. Oh god. Oh. That was that hilarious. Was... <laughs> that was intense. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was pretty ridiculous. <laughs> At least uh, finally, there's a massacre in one of these Texas Chainsaw Massacre right? movies. There you go. <laughs> and just to know, we have Bill Mosley, who's famous for playing Chop Top in Texas Chainsaw Massacre Two, in the documentary, talking about his love for haunted garage. Oh, cool. You probably know him from the Rob Zombie movies as well. I've He's never seen of... any Rob Zombie horror oh, wow. movies, so yeah. That's well, a then blind you would not know him <laughs> from that. Most people would. Yeah, most people would. You've um, probably seen him. He's the guy with the white face. Not the clown, but like the guy with the white hair. Okay. I'll look him up after. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what horror movie are you looking, are you most looking forward to seeing in 2022? I don't even know what's coming out i'm a bad horror movie fan i'm like so, so wrapped up in catching up on the past that i don't even know what's current what should i be looking out for uh black phone is coming out 
Is that the that Ethan Hawke one? Yeah. I'll I'll watch an Ethan Hawke horror movie, sure. Yeah, um, and then Halloween Ends is coming out. Yeah, I um, haven't watched any of those new Halloween movies yet, and I again I'm a bad horror fan. I'm such a completist that I'm like, oh well, I gotta go rewatch number one and number two and whatever whatever one else is associated with that first, you know. And I just haven't had the time to watch like five movies. Well, for Halloween, it's just Halloween, and then they skip to Halloween 2018. So Wait, it's not need... number two. No. And it's not H two O. Nope. So it's just one, and then the new ones. Yeah. Oh wow. Okay. That's better. I've yes. seen the first one enough times where I can just jump in. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> uh, what are those streaming anywhere? What are those? Uh, I well, I know Halloween Kills is on HBO Max, so okay, the I first have one might be might be on there cool. too. I don't know. Maybe that's what I'll do this weekend. Yes, awesome. Let me know what you think of what you think of them. Yeah, because I heard you liked the first new one and not the second new one. Yeah. So true. what do you? Is it the same director as those? Like, do you have new hope for this one or what do you? Um, what do you... No, I'm going to go into the last one with a very low expectations. So what I did with so. the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think it's the best way to go with slasher movies. I mean, if he slashes people, I guess that's a win. If there's too much story, that's probably too, that's probably not good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Are there any horror movies that you love that people generally don't like? Cloverfield. <laughs> I don't think that's one that people generally really. Don't like. I don't know. The people who don't like it really don't <laughs> like it. I think they're those people who get you. Let's say you wouldn't want to be in those shaky seats for that one. <laughs> no, you definitely not. Yeah. Or the Blair Witch Project, I think, gets the same kind of reaction. And I remember specifically when that came out, either people really loved it or they really didn't get it at all and didn't think it was scary at all. And, yeah. I'm like, well, then you have no imagination. <laughs> they were like, the sixth sense was so scary. I'm like, no, Blair Witch was scary. It was like a competition because <laughs> they were both in theaters at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> so I'd, I'd say those, I guess it's a found footage thing. I love those movies and people hate them for the reasons that I love them, I guess. Cool. If you could remake one horror movie, which one would it be? Oh, I feel like I had an answer for this and now I forgot what it was. Something that wasn't good in the first place, you know? Yeah. Like I, I'm tired of them remaking classics because it's a name already. It's like, no, what you should be remaking are good ideas that didn't come out good enough. Let's see if I can pick one from, from over here. Well, I know they're supposed to do some sort of requel to the sorority babes in the slime bowl bolorama. Uh, fuck. Let me come back to that one. I'll think about it. <laughs> so my last question is, if you had to spend quarantine with one horror villain, who would it be? Right. That's another one I didn't quite think of. <laughs> uh, oh, man, they're all going to kill me. So, I mean, I don't know how long I would last anyways. <laughs> who are would be any, the most like, fun? Are there any, like, female horror villains? Because I can only think of creepy men with, with masks. Um. You ever seen she's... May? No, but I would maybe I'll pick that yeah. one. And I, it's on my watch list. Cut my limbs off. Yeah, <laughs> definitely watch that one. It's, it's okay. awesome. I'm gonna go with May, even All though right. I probably wouldn't feel that way after like five minutes. <laughs> All right. Do you know which horror movie you'd want right. to remake? 
first thing that pops into your head? What is it? Oh, God, what's a bad horror movie that really needed needs to be rebooted? Well, it's not really a horror movie, but I was talking about this on a different podcast. It's sort of horror adjacent, I guess. But there's this movie Dookie was in called, it's a trauma, you know, trauma. Mm -hmm. It's called Surf Nazis Must Die. (laughs) And it's a, it's one of the best movie titles of all time. But the movie is not that great. So I think it's, especially in this political climate, like this would be a good reboot right now. Yeah. So it's not exactly a horror, but I'm going to have to go with Surf Nazis Must Die. <laughs> well, it's it's about Nazis, so that's pretty horrific. Yeah, yeah, and they must die. Yeah. And if you don't like that, well, then fuck you. <laughs> Definitely agree. Fuck you if you don't like, if you don't hate Nazis. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I don't well, know. Probably there's probably some horror movie about abortions out there that should be remade now, too, because that's that's the real horror story going on. But we don't have to get into that. <laughs> but but that would be also prime time for some scary scenarios. Yeah, definitely. And the scary oh. scenarios is real life. Yeah. Donate to your local Planned Parenthood chapter. Yes. Yes. Do that first and then to my documentary. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for being here. Do you want to tell everyone where they can find you? And yeah, dookiedoc.com or at dookiedoc, D-U-K-E-Y-D-O-C. Or you can just find me, Kevin Von Esper, V-O-N-E-S-P-E-R. I'm really easy to find. Von Esperstudios.com is my photo video company. And I think that's everything. I'm real easy to find. All right. Awesome. Probably in the links below. Yes, I will leave links to all of that in the show notes. And good luck with the documentary. I can't wait Thank to so see it when it's done. Yes, I'm honored to be here with you. And and I'm glad to be talking to someone on the East Coast. Everyone I'm talking to is in California or somewhere else. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if we've crossed paths before when I lived in the city somewhere. I know. Who knows? Probably. Yeah. Yeah. On the right. subway. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, have a good one. Thank you. Have a good night. That's it for this week's episode of Who's There? I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Kevin Von Esper, and thanks again to Kevin for coming on. I'll leave links to all of his socials and info on his Dookie Fly Squatter documentary in the show notes. You can follow us on Twitter at Who's There Pod. We're on Instagram at Who's There Podcast. And if you have any questions, comments, concerns, horror movie recommendations, or you'd like to be a guest, shoot us an email at Who's There PC at gmail.com. Until next time, stay scary and get vaccinated.